Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Thursday, everybody. Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Casey pushing all the right buttons. Brent will be here momentarily. Casey, does the drama of the NFL just keep getting deeper and deeper now, this Antonio Brown saga? Have you seen the latest? Antonio Brown put out a nice message last night. And then, of course, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, pops back at this, I guess, afternoon, you would say, a couple hours ago. Whose side you on right now? Not Antonio Brown's. No, not Antonio Brown's? Nah, can't be. Not at all? Not at all. Really? So you, you don't believe what he wrote? I don't. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. Like, okay. why, why, what has he done to make me trust him? Okay, so then you believe in Bruce Arians' side? Because I have to. <laughs> I don't love either side, to be honest with you. I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Do you think Antonio Brown gets a job before the season, like before the NFL year is done? No. Because he got released today. I don't think but so. But there are playoff teams out there. Okay, we shall see. Brent Martin, I think we got Brent back. We do. Oh, yeah. Brent, how we doing, man? He's here. I never left. Antonio Brown, it is a good question. He said, she said type of thing, or he said, he said. Uh, who do you believe, Austin Lane? I don't find myself leaning towards the side of Antonio Brown, but I also, like, I watched the Bruce Arians press conference today. And it did nothing for me. Like, I, I think Bruce Arians kind of told him go out there and he wasn't feeling it. Like, the, the biggest question comes down to if there was a discrepancy at halftime with Antonio Brown not getting targets or not. I think that's the biggest thing right now. Now, the players in that locker room, they already know they can validate it, so it's not that big of a deal to them. They know what happened. So, like, as far as the chemistry and the camaraderie, like, the players in that locker room are going to be fine for Tampa Bay. But from the outside perspective, from the media's perspective, we don't have all the details. We don't know if Antonio Brown was going ballistic at halftime because he wasn't getting targets or not. If that wasn't the case and Arians made that up, I think that'll come to light eventually. Yeah, I. what's really interesting here, I read Antonio Brown. I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, first of all, I said, and you, you probably saw what I said, uh, that was very eloquently written. I don't know if he had help or not or if he's just a very eloquent writer. Uh, but I thought it was a pretty interesting statement the problem is with Antonio Brown is he's if, if if this was like a court of law he'd be a very dangerous witness if I was bringing him you know uh, from a character point of view and so what should we believe from Antonio Brown now what do we believe about the NFL you played the NFL Austin <laughs> you know it can be pretty cutthroat and uh, things can be said, and whether you play or not, and all those things that go into it, and how that's addressed. I'm still waiting for the sideline video, I guess, of, of what he said. Uh, so I, I'm sure there's somewhere in the middle of this. What I would ask, though, and say is, like, so why did he go off the way he did still? Like, that still didn't make any sense to me. Like, that's not okay, like how he left the game. I don't care if he got fired or not in the middle of the game. That's not how you leave the game. No, for sure. You know? and, and, well, and he even admitted that. Like, he, he was definitely in the wrong for that, and, like, he, he owned up to that point. But, I mean, according to him, and once again, take it for what you want, he was upset because he was hurt. They told him to go back out there even though he was hurt. And then, you know, Arian said, get the bleep out of here. 
Yeah. So, I mean, once again, it's it's he sheds, you know, he, he, he said, she said, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, I think it adds another wrinkle to this whole thing now with Antonio yeah, Brown yesterday and then Bruce Arians today. I mean, like, like I said, the locker room will th- eventually the truth will come to light because only the locker room knows what happened. Like, if he truly went off at halftime, then they're going to they will confirm that. If he didn't, then I wonder if a player will speak out about it. Yeah, I wonder, too. Uh, I wonder if we get learn more as it goes by. But, again, like this morning, he's, like, tweeting out his bank information. He's calling Brady out and uh, the trainer guy out. I mean, there's it's just like he follows up something where last night when I read it, I was like, wait a minute now. Okay, let me think about this. And and maybe there I could see that happening. Maybe it did happen. Let's get more video evidences. And then by 9 o'clock this morning, you're like, oh, my gosh, what, I mean, what, what Antonio Brown are we getting here? And so I think that's the danger zone with Antonio Brown. And uh, I think that's why Casey says, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I believe him or not, but I'm probably siding with the Bucks on this. And I think that's where, um, you know, I think that's where most people are probably going to lie because they're tired of the antics of Antonio Brown against a guy that has not built up any equity. And I don't think this is going to allow him this even little wiggle right here, whether it's right or wrong, is going to get him on another team. I, I just don't think anybody's taking a chance on Antonio Brown again. I mean, how many – the Patriots tried. Tom Brady tried in Tampa, and obviously it worked in Tampa for a bit. The Raiders tried. Uh, you know, all those years it, they tried in Pittsburgh. I mean, who, who else is left? The, the Dallas Cowboys? Like, who else Titans? is taking a chance? The Titans? I, Do they want to bring that into They've got a very good chemistry and win games that I don't even think they're really that good. But they've Do got, they have very good wide receivers or not? They, they don't. They don't. Uh, well, okay. they won. Um, I feel like with when, a, when he's healthy. Yeah, when he's healthy. With yeah. A.B. and the, what the Titans have, you, I, like, I hear what you're saying. Like, they don't have any good receivers and A.B.'s good, but... I feel like A.B. is that you can't bring him into the Titans. Like, they have a good and, thing wrong. And, and Especially that, when you get Derrick Henry back. If Derrick Henry wasn't coming back, okay, but he's practicing and he looks fine. Okay, I mean, and that very well could be the case. My only point is, is that before, up until the injury, Antonio Brown was playing a pretty good brand of football um, in terms of stats. And the way the NFL works is if you're good enough, regardless of the tantrums, regardless of what you, you know, the distractions, if you are good enough... They're going to find a spot for you. I still think he can produce where a team is going to find a spot for him. Now, I don't agree with it. I wouldn't want him on my team. You would just No. So if you're on Tennessee Titans, again, you, you come from a different place than the rest of us. You've been involved. You've seen, you know, all different shapes and sizes and characters and stuff you can put up with and stuff you can't in the locker room. Uh, but if you're the Titans and you think this guy could make you better and make a playoff run, I could see the appeal in that. But you would say if you're a Titans player, you're like, listen, don't bring that in here. No, absolutely not. Okay. No. But I think teams don't share my same philosophy. I think GMs out there want to win a Super Bowl regardless of the circumstances. And I think some team out there, whether it's this year or maybe the following season, would probably give him another shot if he wants that you know, next shot. I don't know where his mindset's at right now. I don't know what he has in his horizon. But, you know, once again, we'll see what comes to light Business in terms of the... Woman, he says. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see in terms of the, the situation of exactly who's telling the truth, who's maybe making up a little bit. And once that comes into play, and if Antonio Brown wants to play again, and once again, Arians is a little bit at fault, yeah, I think Antonio Brown absolutely gets another shot. Interesting. Now, keep in mind, in the immediate, from a Titans perspective, I mean, how severe is this ankle injury? No, I mean, I just saw the Titans because they need a wide receiver. I mean, no, it can no, be no, literally any it. team. No, no, I just yeah. think we have to be real. Forget about I, I, We're playing hypothetical. Like, would you take him on the team? 
I mean, he's saying he might need ankle, uh, he might need surgery. Oh, so, yeah, well, then definitely uh, so not. So then, Chris, from, a, from an af a practical standpoint, this might bring in next year conversation instead. Uh, so, I don't know, man. Somebody asked me, who, who was I last night? I don't know what, somebody asked me this. Who gets a job, I forget, it might be just one of you guys. Who, who gets a job first? Was this you, Casey, you said? Antonio Brown or Urban Meyer? I, I believe that was Austin Lane. Yeah, that was me. Oh, you said it. Okay, yeah. sorry. I'll take the credit, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give, give the credit to Casey. You're good, man. No, sorry. Sorry, Austin. Hey, uh, I'm trying to, I was trying to picture where I was, and, and right now I can see you in the, in the officer uh, saying that. So, um, but I think that is an interesting question. If you think, like, I would have said yesterday, and I think I told you this, I don't think either one of them are getting a job. But I don't think Antonio, I actually would probably take Urban Meyer in that situation, in that question, than I would Antonio Brown. Yeah, my, because I think Antonio Brown's like done, done. My context to that was I responded with Rick Pitino has a job. So, so I remember you, now. Yeah, so you think Urban Meyer is going to get a job? In yeah. The, uh, not in the NFL, in some sort of college football. I mean, yeah. high school doesn't count. No, college, college for sure. Or, or the NFL. Yep. You think Urban Meyer is going to have some job of capacity before Antonio Brown gets another job? And, and you're not talking about, like, broadcasting. You're no. talking about, like, in the coaching. sport of football, right? Coaching. Yeah, coaching. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Brent, you, you agree? I don't. By the way, I don't think either one. I would bet money right now. I would put money. I don't know where the odds would be. Like, uh, if you'd have uh, plus 250 for one of them to get Urban to get a job, plus 350 for Antonio Brown to get a job, plus 1,500 for both to get a job, or plus 150 for none to get a job, mm. I would say none. Okay. Like, I don't think either one of them are, are going to be coaching or playing in football, like, at the NFL or collegiate level again. Gotcha. Now, could Antonio Brown go follow in his dad's footsteps and play in, like, the Arena League? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't but, know, man. Bowling Green was 2-6 and six this year. Urban Meyer knows about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. Like, that would be the type of job, in my opinion. Well, and that's what happened to Rick Pitino, to your point. I could see um, it. I'm just saying I could eat. Well, like, if you're Bowling Green, you call. You absolutely call. Mm. If you're one of those. Yeah, yeah. How could you not? Well, listen, Urban doesn't want to do the college thing, okay? I, I believe that. I think that's why you're starting to hear the Jim Harbaugh stuff come out. I don't think these guys want to be a part of the new age college world. And so I think he could have already done that. I think he's eliminated that. And I don't think anybody is going to touch him now in the NFL. Uh I, but I do still say there's probably more likely of a chance of Urban Meyer. Now, again, I was telling you yesterday that I waver a little bit more on the Antonio Brown front that you could be right, Austin, and somebody else gives him an opportunity. But I'm still going to say no. He's had too many opportunities. I think he's dangerous to touch, uh, and I wouldn't do it, and I don't think anybody else is going to. Okay. No, I agree. I think he's dangerous to touch, absolutely. I don't think he's, you know, I think the guy probably needs a little bit of help, and um, people should reach out to him. But at the same time, I know how the NFL works. And I think the talent definitely outweighs the distraction still, regardless if he took a shirt off in the middle of New York and acted crazy and acted a fool. I still think the talent is there, and teams are going to look at that. By the way, like, this is a guy that I said I would bring in a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. I forget. Which was that? Was that before the Raiders? That was no, Raiders that, was, that was after the Raiders. Okay, so the yeah. Patriots. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, hey, you know what? Let's give it a whirl. It was miserable in, what, 2019? Yeah. Sure. Um, but I, I just, like, I did say that. Uh, so I remember saying that, and I would have given it a run. And I wouldn't do that now.
uh, I, I would I just would not do that now I I think uh, I don't think you know what's coming around the corner with Antonio Brown and this is what makes maybe urban a little more likely to get back in a, in a football capacity is you kind you know what you're dealing with with urban mm-hmm. right like you know what it is and I think he just proved it again this past year. And by the way, we're going to lead into some urban talk uh, really about this football team because Miles Jack was very good today uh, and what he had to say and shed some light on the situation, I believe. But I think the problem with this from a risk standpoint, Austin, is Antonio Brown, you have no idea what's coming around the corner. Like, you, what's the next thing from, from freezing your feet to running through your backyard to running with your shirt off in, in the Meadowlands. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, what's but, next? Okay, but in the grand scheme of things, what's worse? Antonio Brown running through the backyard celebrating he's leaving Oakland or the NFLPA town players at the time of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's what's worse for optics? Um, internally in the league, probably the PA stuff. Uh, externally, embarrassment to the organization, other things... I would say Antonio Brown. You think Antonio Brown running through a backyard is worse than the I, NFLPA I think Antonio, coming out and saying don't sign in Jacksonville if you're a free agent? Yeah, I think from a okay. public perception standpoint and what we're talking about with Antonio Brown, I think um, is bigger from a public. Uh, hear me out here. I, I don't even think people fully understand still the grievances stuff of what went on and and why the PA came out. I don't think half the people out there who watch football know exactly what the NFL PA is, and we never learned exactly what the grievances were. You know what I mean? So I, it's a fair point, and it's debatable. And and but I think inside the sport, I think people would say, yeah, the the Jags issue with that a couple years back is bigger. I think publicly, um, where these teams sit and how big the NFL is. I think the Antonio Brown situation is worse. Now, does that mean you don't sell tickets? Does that mean you don't make money? I don't know. Sometimes any press is good press. Okay. Um, But I think there's a difference there. Okay, then what's worse? Urban Meyer at a bar with some girl that, you know, is not his wife or everyone's talking about, or Antonio Brown running outside after he got released by the Raiders? Like, this is my point. I mean, it's bad bad optics regardless. But, like, let's, let's not put ourselves ahead of bad optics and say the Jaguars haven't had their fair share the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. No, I I think uh, I think you're right about that. And by the way, this is where I said the Jags uh, again. I'm okay with the risks being taken. I I thought they should have signed Odell Beckham Jr. Because optics be damned, even if he says he doesn't want to play here. That's what I said. I I said sign him and then wait. Just if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. But then eventually you're going to trade him for because teams are going to be desperate. I was absolutely on board with signing him as well. Yeah. 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 And I know you were. So, uh, you know, you just give a little. I'm trying not to jump the gun and be like, hey, I'm, no, Antonio Brown's untouchable. I just think, again, as a guy who said I would have signed him a couple years ago and given him a chance because I do agree the talent outweighs, I'm now to the point there's been so many things with Antonio Brown that I'm really nervous about what's next with Antonio Brown. Sure. I'm, I'm concerned about him in my locker room. I'm concerned with being associated with him as an organization. And... Um, I'm just not willing to do that. And, and, I, and I wouldn't be either. I mean, listen, I, I don't want him in Jacksonville. I just want that guy to find peace and, and live a great life. But I just I think that there's NFL heads out there in power positions that would give him another shot because he gives you a better shot of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. What, so what happens with this? Okay, so Antonio Brown says his piece, uh, uh, 
uh, Arians obviously has plenty of time to think about what he wants to say if you're in that camp, but he does say what he says. Uh, is there video out there? Are we waiting for that? I mean, there's video all over the place in the NFL. Uh, and by the way, does like, what's the key point in this? And Antonio Brown says, I'm hurt. Uh, Bruce Arians says, well, then you're done. You know, if you're not going back in. Like, what's what's the key point for you, Austin? Is it is it Arians with a cutthroat kind of gesture? Like, what are we looking for on video here to say, okay, he was right or he was right? To, to me, more, I just need clarification of what happened in that locker room at halftime or whatever the case may be, where yeah. he supposedly was upset because he wasn't getting targets. Because then if that's the case, well, then it makes Antonio Brown look pretty bad where at halftime you're complaining because you didn't get the targets. You go back out there and then you're not going back on the field. Right, so was Antonio Brown's, you know, motive for, for doing this crazy stunt, was it from frustration because you weren't getting targets and you felt bad for yourself, or is it truly from the frustration of your, your ankle was jacked up and you didn't want to go back out there because you couldn't go back out there? Like, that's, that's the big question to me. So, I mean, I guess we can see what the video says. You know, we'll see if, if Arians had the, the throat sign or whatever that he's getting cut. I mean... I, I, I truly believe that's what happened. Like, I don't know Bruce Arians personally, but he kind of seems like an old-school guy who would do that. And if you watch the press conference today, I mean, he kind of just seemed a little, you know, cold and calloused of how he answered the question. That's just kind of his style. But I think it, it depends more on what happened in that locker room at halftime. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I Here's what's interesting. Go back and look at the post game from Gronk that day. And I felt like Gronk kind of told on Antonio Brown a little bit. And because he says something like, listen, I'm not, he was asked about the whole thing, and he's like, I, I, I was too worried about, and, and what he says is, I'm too worried about banging my head against 300-pound men, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm too busy doing my job and this dangerous job that we're doing, and I'm not talking about an injury that might be there or might not be there because everybody plays through injuries in week 17. It was kind of, I might be reading a little bit too much into it, but I thought it had a little bit of that tone to it from a guy who's played in the league a long time and seen a lot in Gronkowski. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Antonio Brown, man, he's just part of the circus and and helps the uh, NFL really be this reality show, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a 24-hour news cycle uh, that is the NFL. I mean, it's something else. Uh, you know, we mentioned Urban Meyer's name. This is why I want, I do want people to talk a little bit in Jacksonville. This is why I maybe raised a little bit of a fuss, although I thought it, it showed something different on Sunday when only Trevor Lawrence was the only player to talk. But Miles Jack uh, shed some light. Josh Allen yesterday, I think what these guys are saying in front of a microphone is shedding some light on what went wrong in Jacksonville this year and what needs to be fixed. Uh, and, and not in a point the fingers kind of way, but... Uh, at least a little of, hey, how do you turn this thing around in Jacksonville? Miles Jack, very good today uh, at his news conference. We haven't heard from Miles a lot this year. Hear what he had to say uh, about what's next and how do you fix it here in the River City. We're live at String Sports Brewery. One final time for Jaguars All Access on Fox 30 at 7 o'clock tonight. I'll be here until 6 o'clock. Come on out in Springfield, String Sports Brewery. We talk Jags when we come back. I'd say yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely been um it's been challenging for sure. Um just kinda with you know, obviously like the record being 
not good. Um, it, it, it just, the expectations and everything, what we set out to do and what we thought we were going to do and how things kind of went about it, it, it's definitely challenging. But, um, yeah, it, it, this, this year is tough, man. To be honest with you, it's really tough. Um, last last week was tough. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's not what we want to do. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's hard, man. And I think be, I would say that because it's the freshest one. Like, it, it's things. So, it's, it's tough. Well, that's Miles Jack, Jaguars linebacker. Hasn't talked a lot this year. Uh, again, it's one of the things about being not in the locker room and, and uh, only so many interviews a, a week type of thing. But uh, Miles can be very uh, good and insightful. Uh, and part of that is because I don't think he lives in the world we live in. And I said that from a positive thing. Like he's not on social media or anything. So much to the point. When he was asked about uh, the the movement, if you will, going on in Jacksonville the last couple of weeks and the clown costumes and noses that could be there on Sunday, he had to have it explained to him. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what it was. So uh, I, I'm always impressed with that, Austin. I've said this to you many a times, and, and being around these guys in the locker room, there are some times when players say, I don't know what you're talking about, and you're like, yeah, whatever. They know what you're talking about. But there's also a lot of times that the blinders that they have on and, and uh, the world they live in and what they shut off is almost amazing, especially this day and age. And I believe Miles, like, I, I don't think he really knew much about it. Uh, they told him a little bit about it going into the news conference. Yeah. And then Mark Long explained it a little bit more to him. Uh, but it, it's always wild to me that you can be that shut off from the outside world and, and what's going on. And, and I say the outside world, but social media world i should say yeah i mean i i truly believe him like some guys you get the sense like okay you know what's going on but i mean miles jack hasn't been on twitter in forever i mean i think he deactivated his account a, yeah. a while ago so um yeah i mean if you're not on twitter you know if, if you're not i don't know maybe watching the local news if you're not i don't know like you're probably not gonna know what's going on if you're not listening to the local radio i obviously not listen to espn 690 which is unfortunate for him but um <laughs> no, overall though yeah i mean i'm not surprised he doesn't know what's going on because He's seen this year to really take a step away from social media, which, hey, more power to you, man. Yeah, which means candle sales are probably down. But Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> is he still uh, doing that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Miles, is, uh, I mean, he, he should be happy about the He owns part of the Jacksonville Icemen, and they're on a roll. For sure. At 12. For Got sure. Win last night. All-Star yep. game coming soon. We'll give away some tickets to the All-Star game here later on in the show. And once again, on Action Sports Jacks OT from... 6 o'clock to uh, 6.30 uh, with Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton on ESPN 690. So a couple chances to win. Also have some Jags tickets we'll give away on uh, both shows here throughout the next uh, few hours. I want you to hear some of what Miles Jack said today. Uh, I thought he was pretty um, reflective, shed some light on some of the situation, and also explained what needs to happen Casey, uh, I don't really where, care where you begin here, but let's hear one of those um, pretty impactful sound bites from Miles Jack uh, about kind of his thoughts on, on what's been going on here in Jacksonville. We felt like um, at the beginning of the season we had established the culture, we had established the... Um, we, we just really felt like we had, we had established an identity and we felt like, you know what I mean, we, we really believed that good things were going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I fully, fully believe, and I always believed, but this year it was almost like a, 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 it, it didn't make sense. Like, it was undeniable we were going to win. 
So I think that's what really, like, and then obviously it, it was a whirlwind of stuff that was going on. I mean, there's no secret what was going on. You guys have reported on it. So, I mean, as a player, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so much going on and we're not even talking about football and then kind of on the outside looking in, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to say like scandals, but just stuff that doesn't have to deal with football that now is a part of the Jaguars name. And I'd much rather be known as a football team that's out there kicking ass on Sunday than all the other stuff and lose. I mean, a lot there from Miles Jack. We want to hear a little bit more from him, Austin. But it's it's interesting to me because I've covered this long enough where guys tried to squash the drama and everything else. And I understand there are some things that couldn't be squashed this year, uh, most notably uh, Urban Meyer not coming back on the team plane and the Ohio incident. Uh, but the rookie quarterback used the word drama, right? Uh, Miles Jack essentially did just there, actually said scandal. Uh, and... Josh Allen had a similar statement yesterday about, I just want to play football. Like, I really don't want to be talking about all this other stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And it is crystal clear when guys are saying that, how much of a distraction that stuff really was. And I'm not going to tell you that the Jags are on their way to being 2-15 and 15 because of the distraction stuff only. But I do think it's pretty crystal clear their preparation and the impact of our play on the field certainly was thrown off at least to some degree by everything that did transpire in that building this year. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about this all year long where, you know, the, there's some players that have regressed. You know, I mean, the, whether it was LaVisca Chanel with all the drop passes, like whether it was all the penalties on the offensive line, there was a lot of things going on that was, I mean, and I get it, penalties, drop passes are going to happen, but not to that extent. So it was a little bit out of character. And when it's out of character, you can point to, okay, is the player just not doing that well? Okay, but then you had so many instances from so many players where it just didn't look like you're accustomed to seeing. Well, when you get that, and when that's the product on the field, then the, the, the figure has to get pointed at the coaches and, and the lack of preparation. And obviously the lack of preparation starts at the very top with the head coach, that being Urban Meyer when he was here. So um, I absolutely believe Miles Jack when he says that. You know, the, the, there was a lot of maybe drama going on behind the scenes that kind of led the performance on the field. How could it not? Yeah, I agree with that. And, and what's interesting to me here, and I don't think this should get lost. I know there's a big, um, obviously we know the movement's going on, but there's a lot of focus on what happens next with uh, Trent Falke. But I do think one of the vital things that happened this year, and, and everybody would say, well, it's easy. Like, he had to make that decision. Maybe. But one of the vital things that happened, and I think this could be a good fortune for the Jacksonville Jaguars moving forward, is that whatever built up to Urban Meyer getting fired, he got fired. And he got let go, and they pulled the plug on this. And, and you're like, Brent, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, that's not the way it works all the time. Like, it's, they don't always pull the plug on it. Uh, sometimes they, they leave it for another year. And, and some people could be critical of this organization from a football-only standpoint that they took it an extra year with Gus Bradley and Doug Marone too long, like one year too long. Now, this was different circumstances. Uh, sorry to mix those guys' names in there with this. But my point being, if this went another year down the road, if this went another two years down the road and this stuff is still happening, even if it's not to the degree that it happened, and Shad Khan's given Urban Meyer a chance to get it right, well, these kind of reactions and statements and, well, they have to be kind of pushed under the rug 
right, Austin? Like, they, they would try to hide that stuff. They they wouldn't be, like, acknowledging that, yeah, all this stuff went wrong and we got to fix it. So my point being, again, this isn't like, hey, great job, Sean Kahn, everything. But the, the bottom line, whether they got lucky or they had to do it, I think the the way to fix this in Jacksonville, at least they were able to get out from underneath this Urban Meyer thing before it lingered too long. No, absolutely. I mean, if it kept going, then I'm sure you would have seen players start asking for trades and everything. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was it was going to get resolved from the player standpoint one way or another. Either the coach is going to get fired or that player is probably going to ask to be in a new situation because they just weren't having that much fun anymore in Jacksonville. So, yeah, it, that, that all got resolved. One could ask how much of... Uh, the whole Trent Balky saga is affecting the team at all. How much, you know, noise do they hear? Obviously, Miles Jack alluded to he didn't really know what was going on, and I take him at his word, but I think there's other players out there. I think Trevor Lawrence does know what's going on. I think there's other players out there in that locker room that do know what's going on. And it begs the question of how frustrating um, is that from their standpoint as well, you know, and how frustrating would it be if, if Trent Balky was retained for next season if some players would, would be turned off to that as well? I'm going to ask you, that's a great, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, do you think players care about the bulky part of it? And on one level, I would say they hear the noise, most of them. Miles might not have, but most of them. Obviously, Trevor's talked about it yesterday. Others have talked about it. And so they hear the noise, and they probably start to question, like, all right, hey, maybe these people aren't all that wrong about this, right? I mean, look what's going on in this building. He was a part of it. Uh, but I say it from the other side is how much do players really care about the general manager of the football team? And isn't there a little bit of, hey, this guy brought me in here, so I'm at least appreciative of that when it comes to a general manager. So I wonder where their mindset is as players, especially the younger ones uh, or the new free agents, when it comes to Trent Baalke. Well, I mean, from, from the, you know, the young players and the new free agents, like obviously they like Trent Baalke because he brought them there. Yeah, You know, so, like, the, I, I don't know if they're going to be all anti-Trent Balky. Like, I remember, you know, when it was going bad for us back when I played and we had Gene Smith, and everyone was asking, you know, calling for Gene Smith's job. In that locker room, like, yeah, we heard that noise, but we were never, like, we didn't really talk about it that much. Like, it, it, we were kind of indifferent towards the whole Gene Smith thing, honestly. That's what I figured, you know? yeah. But I think to the point now where, you know, fans are showing up in clown costumes and... Um, it's kind of grown a life of its own now on social media. I, I, I do think that does have some effect on a player if he chooses to, to go down that road and see all this stuff, which I think some players have. So I, I think there's definitely an effect there, especially when that effect is the fan base kind of rallying against the franchise, not rallying against the players, but rallying against the ownership, rallying against Trent Baalke. Like, they're going to see that as well. So I think there will be some effect to it. But... I don't think it's going to be to the same effect that the players probably felt towards Urban Meyer, you know, when he chose to stay behind um, and not get on the team plane or, you know, when the drama was going on with whoever, you know, player A, player B, whatever the case may be. I yeah. think they felt more passionate about that than they do about Trent Baalke right now. Yeah, yeah I agree with you that too. And I think that's an interesting, it'll be, I just asked that on social media. It'll be interesting to see what the fans say because fans are all about like bulky, bulky, bulky right now. Yeah, sure. But I do think there's a difference. I think there's a difference in that locker room. I, like, we could sit here and tell you, and we believe this. Like, I believe this, and I think Austin said, and I think a lot of you believe that, that are listening and watching, that uh, the, the bulky, that bulky being in the building or bulky being a part of this going forward impacts the success you can have going forward and maybe even the coach you bring in. What I'm, I guess I'm trying to say is I'm not sure the 
players feel that way. Like, the players probably aren't thinking about it to that degree. Like, hey, if we keep the GM, it might impact, like, how good of a coach we get in here. Uh, Miles. So, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so in, in that world, and, and like, I, I don't know what Trent Balky like, the relationship is, but usually when you talk about the general manager position, you're not going to have a lot of interaction with that guy. Yeah. Right? Like, like, Urban Meyer, you saw, if you're in that locker room, you saw him every single day. Right? He had influence on you. Whether it was bad or good, he had influence on you and he had influence on the team. Um, Trent Bulky has influence on the team, obviously, because he helps, you know, construct of what the team is. But, like, I don't think he's in that locker room every single day shaking hands and talking to players. I just think players know he's a name. I'm sure if they see him in passing, they nod their head or say what's up, and they go their separate ways. So I don't think, like, in terms of a relationship with Trent Baalke, like, that's on the table with these players. So if that's the case, once again, I think it's more of indifference uh, towards the Jacksonville Jaguars players. Now, maybe, you know, maybe you are Gene Smith, and maybe you do draft the punter in the third round, and some players <laughs> feel a certain way about that. Yeah. Rightfully so, right? I mean, that conversation got thrown on a little bit. But it, it, that, that point didn't even get us to the point where it was like, all right, we have to get him out of here. We are just like, what the heck was that? I do think the players could have this this is probably where their angst toward a, a keeping bulky could come from, is they know it's a mess in there right now. We know it's a mess in there, and it needs to be cleaned up. And, and again, most of everybody, nah, I think a lot of people talking about bulky being fired and let go and move on is less about bulky, the personnel guy, and the man. And, and we can have that conversation. But it's more about restarting the organization, flush it, fix it. We, it's got to be better from the inside out everywhere. And so I think the players do probably recognize that. And I think you could get some angst from the players for saying, why are we keeping some of this stuff? Like, I'd rather keep some of our coaches than I would keep some of the other stuff that's led to this year. Um, and you wonder if they think about it that way. Uh, Casey, Miles Jack on what he what needs to happen here like what's the fix uh, or the next coach coming in uh, there's a lot of different sound from miles but play the one you think fits the best uh, I, to keep it short and simple um I, I would just say this disorganization like dysfunction and i feel like it, it falls on everybody's shoulders there's not one person in particular but it's just kind of been like a a, a thing of where, like, for example, in the games, we shoot ourselves in the foot. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll be getting a drive, and then maybe we may, you know, we don't get a stop on third down, or maybe the offense has a hiccup that may set them back in second and long. Like, we, we just, we we can't beat ourselves. And I'd say that this, this organization, that dysfunction, leads to us beating ourselves to, like, keep it short and, like, very politically correct. You know what I mean? Like, we just, we have to tighten up a lot of little things that, like, end up becoming big things. You know what I mean? So I, if, if if I was to, like, say what needs to be fixed, that would be it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot right there, Austin. I mean, that's a lot. When, when you have a player using the words disorganization and dysfunction, mm -hmm. I mean, again, players live in a bubble, man. They're, they're like in their in their team room, and they go to practice, and they worry about their weight room and what they eat and how much they sleep and, and how well they play in their film room. And when you can feel that all over the place, and by the way, this is not the first time we've heard it. We all know that. Uh, and I just think that speaks volumes of the fact that we're hearing some of these words come out of there even before the season ends, and they were asked these questions. 
that uh, that's how bad it was, but it also lends to the idea of blow it up, man, flush it. Let's start over. We've got to fix a lot more than just the name Urban Meyer. You've got to fix a lot more than just the record of potentially 2-15. and You've got to fix a lot more than just the offense, maybe the, the worst offense in franchise history. You've got to fix a lot more than a defense that's given up a couple hundred yards rushing the last couple weeks. There's an underbelly of this that has less to do with statistics and everything else when you have players using the word disorganization and dysfunction going on during a football season. No, without a doubt. And, you know, once again with the whole Trent Balky stuff, you know, did he contribute to that dysfunction at all? Like, you know, I, I don't know the truth. And I don't know if we any, any of us really know the truth of, you know, did Trent Balky know about Urban Meyer going to, you know, let's stay in Cincinnati? Like, do you know? I don't. Well, yeah, he said he knew, but wasn't okay. covering the coach at the time. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. Well, then if that's the case, well, then you're kind of contributing to the dysfunction a little bit. So then yeah. that Is could be... Is he the be... man behind the leaks, to your point? Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't know, so, but yeah. it's been assumed by some. Yeah, so if that's the case, and then yeah, that adds to the dysfunction. And, you know, it, you have to treat this like a Band-Aid. It's just one motion right off. You can't just slowly picking at it. And like, oh, we can just slowly... No, just rip the whole thing off and, and start anew. So... You know, I think once and Miles Jack kind of alluded to this during the press conference where, you know, Shad Khan's going to be with the players, um, I guess, after the season. I mean, I'm sure that's going to come up. I think it's going to come up in terms of, you know, do these players trust having a guy that was with the Urban Meyer regime? But do these players trust a guy who maybe facilitated some of that dysfunction? Because that's the last thing you want to do right now. Yeah, I get it. The draft wasn't that great. Obviously, we'll see how that all pans out. We'll see. But... Contributing to dysfunction from a team that's obviously fed up with it, that you can't co-sign on. That you have to let go and say, we got to start anew. So I'm very curious what's going to happen with that. Yeah, man. Listen, I think it's as simple as this. If Shad Khan listens to some of these players' news conferences this week, including what Miles Jack said today, I don't know how he doesn't hit the reset button. I mean, he's telling you loud and clear, let's start this thing over and get it right. We'll be back. We're live at String Sports Brewery in Springfield. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, absolutely. Now, me me personally, it's been, um, I feel like me and Coach Cullen had to grow so fast just because we had the se a season together and then just trying to figure out everything. But I, I, I support him 100%. I feel like our defense has made strides. Obviously, last week was atrocious, and we didn't, you know, we didn't hold up our end of the deal at all. It was bad. I, I, I truly feel like what Coach Cullen is trying to instill, it just, I, I think it's more so he's a leader of men. He can get people, he can get people motivated to do things. You know what I mean? And you, you believe what he says. I think Miles Jack, Miles Jack talking about Joe Cullen there, and, and no doubt people would love to see. I think a lot of people like to see Joe Cullen back, and in, in, in this capacity or in some capacity, uh, I think Joe needs a lot more good players on, on his defense. But I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't hate the continuity there. That's not the problem as much as the offense. Uh, I, honestly, I don't care if the defense gives up 40 points a game next year if they can't score. On, <laughs> who cares? I mean, they just got to get their offense better. Um, in, in my estimation. But uh, he does, that leader of men quote is one I've heard you say before, Austin, too. And he, well, maybe we'll play a soundbite a little bit later from Miles talking about, like, the next coach and what he looks for and what needs to happen. And I think he kind of says that, you know. And he's like, he basically said, I don't care if the guy's a hard ass or if he's a player's coach or whatever. We don't care. We just want to win. Yeah. But we need somebody that we can believe and follow. 
and and he, he did give that compliment to Joe Cullen. As you know, you would say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there I feel like they can, they can do great interviews. Or oh, there's a lot of coaches out there that, that they know somebody who knows somebody and get an opportunity. Yeah. But, like, what gives you the longevity, what makes you a respected coach in this league amongst the players, which I think is the most important part, is if you're genuine and you actually can walk the walk, right? Like, talking is great and everything. But, like, when, you know, when you have two wins this season, are you going to show up at, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock and go through the game film? Still, I'm talking about in the morning. And go through the game film and everything and, and try to motivate these guys? Or are you kind of just going to kind of throw it in, milk it up, and say, yeah, we're all good? I mean, I think the thing about Joe Cullen Yes, he's intense. Yes, he's going to chew you out. Yes, sometimes it can be a lot. But, like, he's consistent, and that's who he is. You know what? I'd rather have a guy who chews me out because he cares as opposed to a guy who's the nicest guy ever but doesn't give his whole 110%. Yeah, and, and listen, Joe's going to be that guy. He's going to get after you, but he's going to love on you, too. And I think Miles brought that up. Like, uh, every day when he had COVID and Josh Allen the same way, when they were out, he called them. You know, yeah. and listen, we hear that a lot. There's been a lot of good men, a lot of good coaches in in that building before. What what they really struggled at this time around. And, and by the way, I felt bad at times just hammering this coaching staff. But I think because of what happened at the top down and the way they reacted and with the failure to fix things and the failure to put anything around Trevor Lawrence, especially and how they coach on the offensive end, it was just a it was, it was awful. It's what it's the worst coaching job in totality I've seen here in Jacksonville, and we've seen some tough seasons. But I don't know if you get to a man, I'm not saying all these guys are awful coaches in the NFL. Uh, I just think from a coaching staff perspective, what happened this year, and that starts top down. And I think what Miles was trying to say is that they got to get somebody in here that's going to set the tone, and everybody's going to feed off and work together. And I think from what I've heard in the last couple of weeks, and especially this week, uh, not just in news conferences, but but asking around, poking around, is this is an organization that this year was not working ag- together. In fact, they were working against each other quite a bit. Uh, and, and that started with Urban Meyer. I mean, uh, that's the guy to blame. I mean, Urban Meyer's the guy to blame. He had control of the whole organization. And I know some people are tired of talking about Urban Meyer, and it feels like a long time ago. But if you're going back and try to figure out what went wrong, it all starts with Urban Meyer. I mean, it was a, an utter disaster uh, what just took place in Jacksonville here in 2021. No, uh, no doubt about it. We're live at String Sports Brewery. Heading to the top of the hour. We'll talk more uh, about the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and uh, some other topics as well. I have a question for you. Every time I come here to String Sports Brewery, Dave Wax, who is our operations manager, is playing Golden Tea. Ah. All right. Well, I have... I've been playing Pac-Man like it's going out of style the last week again. And I feel like now it's like my therapy as the Jag season's coming to a close and I'm waiting for the next coach to be hired. I feel like Pac-Man has become my therapy. Mm. Um, is there a video game that you wish you... Like, what would you have in your house? Is it like Golden Tea's a popular game? Like, I don't think everybody would have Pac-Man. I like Pac-Man. That's my favorite. And So we got that one. Like, which one would you get? Okay. What do you got? Oh, I mean, I, I play Call of Duty nonstop, so Call of Duty is the one for me. Okay, but you got to go, like, a little old school. Oh, we're going old school? Like, well, you got to yeah, be more like, specific, yeah. man. You said like video machine, games. Like machine game. Okay, yeah, like, I got like arcade. Like, arcade, I almost, we almost got this one. Is. We almost got skee-ball this year. Okay, that's what, does that count? Does skee-ball count? Oh, I don't. Absolutely, man. We love skee-ball. Oh, 100% skee-ball. You're a skee-ball dude? But now I know where Brent's at if he can buy a freaking skee-ball machine. All right, I mean, that's no, not giving no, away. No, right? they, have, they have, like, the. you don't have to spend, like, a couple grand on these things. 
Like the Pac-Man one was seriously put like on the table. Bucks. Then? What are you talking you about? You don't have to, but you could. No, my no. Listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. My Pac-Man machine, as came from like Sam's Club, Walmart. You know, they're, I think they're owned by the same. Uh, I think it was three hundred dollars last Christmas. That feels like a good deal. Casey, you get your skee-ball machine awesome. of your choice, huh? I like skee-ball, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't mess with skee-ball that much. Really? Just, yeah, skee-ball's awesome. Yeah, it's okay. pretty dope. Well, this show's going off the rails. Yeah, well, you t- you got to give us an answer when Paper we come boy. back. We'll be back. No, I, I gave you one. What is it? <laughs> Paperboy. What the hell is that? You. Let's just go to break. You've never we'll played Paperboy? Yeah. ESPN 690. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think you're kidding with me. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.